Edspire listeners, and welcome to the show. Before we bring on our guest, Claire Norman, who works with the Cameron K. Gallagher Foundation, I wanted to share a story about who Cameron Gallagher was. Cameron Gallagher was a bright and talented teenager. Although ever smiling, she faced her own personal battles with depression and anxiety. She began to grow weary of keeping her struggles a private battle, and she knew that there were so many other teens just like her who were living in great pain behind closed doors. Her dream was to create a 5K race in her community to raise awareness of teenage depression. She began making plans for the race and titled the race the Speak Up 5K in order to draw attention to the issue of teen depression. She wanted to let other teens like herself know that it's okay to speak up about their personal battles. During this time, Cameron was making her own goals. Cameron set a personal goal for herself and began training for the Shamrock Half Marathon. And on March 16, 2014, 16-year-old Cameron completed her goal of finishing the race and then passed away suddenly from an undiagnosed heart condition after crossing the finish line. As her family discovered more and more of Cameron's plans for the 5K, her family fulfilled her dream by holding the first race in her honor. Over 10,000 people participated in the May 2014 launch party and 3,500 participated in the inaugural 5K race in Richmond in September of 2014. Since then, the Speak Up 5K race series has expanded and Cameron's message has spread across the entire nation. This episode is dedicated to Cameron Gallagher. It's dedicated to her bravery, her advocacy, her empathy, and her drive to help others. And we are so thankful for Cameron's family as they have done a wonderful job at carrying on Cameron's legacy. Our guest today, Claire Norman, is also Cameron's aunt. And she has done amazing work to help this organization grow and continue to help others. So I hope you enjoy the episode. And as always, thank you for listening. Apparently I had disabled my microphone because I was afraid I would talk. Ah, in anchor so now right so just so you know for future if somebody is like you know all you have to do is make sure in anchor that the microphone is enabled all right that's what happened all right see we're learning every you know what i love it every single time literally something happens and we learn like new things i love it yeah i like to think i'm fairly intuitive walking down all these paths but i just got a little little bit worked up but now i'm good Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like mindfulness. Well, it's funny because we we were with um, the Holistic Life Foundation, and, and you know we had someone on there, and same issue, same like tons of technical issues, and we were just like, okay, we can breathe through this. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, Holly, I noticed you had them. They're they're an amazing um, guest to land. That's awesome, y'all. Yeah. That's so it's awesome. and that's why I love. We just love, and it's cool because Danny is an innovative learning coach, and so it's just a nice partnership of like instruction, innovation, technology, and then mental health, and just focusing on that whole child. You guys are yeah. all awesome. oh. in the right space. It's really good. Okay. Tell me, let's, let's talk about how we, all right. <laughs> so, 
All right. So, hey, it's our listeners and welcome to the show. We are super excited um, for our guest that we have on. We have Claire Norman with us. She is with the Cameron K. Gallagher Foundation, and she's going to talk about a little about what talk a little bit about what that is and what their mission is. Um, but we're really excited because we're going to be talking self-care for teachers, for parents, for kids. We're going to be talking mindfulness and just overall how we can just um, stay mentally healthy um, during these times um, that are a little stressful right now. So welcome, Claire. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, Holly. And good to see you both be in the same space with you and Danny. This is awesome work. It's good stuff. It's a tall order to think of ways to try to be mentally healthy right now, you know, to focus on mental well-being. But it is a critical topic and we should be um, paying attention to how we're reacting to all the anxieties of right now. Um, so as Holly mentioned, I work with the Cameron K. Gallagher Foundation. My name is Claire Norman and I have um, advanced professional training with mindfulness-based stress reduction from UC San Diego Center for Mindfulness. I have a professional certificate from Mindful Schools. I happen to be a yoga teacher. Um, I, I have a background in healthcare marketing. So this prevention space and the mind-body space is my sweet spot, my place of, in terms of profession and my personal life. So I couldn't be more thrilled to have an opportunity to talk about what not only do I, I know, but what I believe in. And this is just a terrific venue and I applaud Edspire and all the leaders and makers of this opportunity um, to take forward. The Cameron K. Gallagher Foundation briefly is um, an organization, a nonprofit dedicated to erasing stigma around teen mental health. Additionally, we offer um, mainstream programming to help bring mental wellness, mental well-being education, heightened awareness, to teens and teen influencers, directly there, skill-based, practice-based, but also sort of a real talk, real life approach to these skills and practices, which you know, we're lucky enough to have a ton of research, a mountain of research underneath these skills and practices. But for us at the CKG Foundation, we are just regular people seeking to allow others to be just who they are because it's hard, but it's perfect to be right here in this moment and navigate the best we can. Well, and, it, and it's really funny that you bring that up because just before uh, you know recording this episode, we had about 20 minutes worth of technology difficulties and we were really just having to be in the moment and be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, or being comfortable with being being comfortable with being uncomfortable, and and I think that's really hard um, for people to do sometimes. And we, you know, tend to get really spun up, and and with everything that's been going on with schools and with COVID, and we've had to be uncomfortable, and we've had to adapt and be flexible in ways that we've never had to be before. Um, how are how is the CKG Foundation? Um, kind of handling just the, the virtual setting? How has that kind of impacted the work that you do with, with children and teens? Well, thank you for that question. Um, we have been working toward some innovations in the space of mental well-being education even before the pandemic. Scalability was kind of a pretty problem for us because we were excited to to come in person to deliver these great this great education. But over time, we were requested to the extent that it really pressed on our operating structure. So we started looking, gosh, do we wanna develop an app 
And we were very fortunate. We were awarded a grant to go in the space of developing a, a, a sizable grant to develop um, an app around kind of mainstream teen-based, teen-engaging mental well-being education. And we had begun to walk down the path and then March 2020 hit. Um, and so honestly for us, it was a gift in the weirdest way. We were able to put the accelerator on our scalability priority and pivot a little bit. We took the ideas and the concepts that were gonna be in an app kind of delivery and moved it more into an e-learning platform, more school-based, a little more supportive for educators. So they could then teach virtually with our material. And it didn't require all of that sort of CKG training or maybe mindful schools professional um, program training or things like that. We could, we could deliver a, an, a link with um, a educator guide and some demo and a good support network for implementation and marketing. And, and so we just simply took what was there and sculpted and shaped it toward what teens, teachers, educators, and counselors need, which is an e-learning platform in this space. Oh, I love that. So what is it called? Like, what, is, what does that look like? Well, we, we, we're calling these a set of mental wellness kits. And the toolkits are, um, we dropped the word digital and virtual because it was redundant. Um, but for now, we have a set of four that are the initial launch. And one is for life transitions. And in the transitions toolkit, we focus a bit on the pandemic because it's a unifying experience for all of us. So we've transitioned into and out of certain levels of quarantine and all the things that come with change and unknown. So that's threaded through that experience. So that became our first complete soft launch kit. After that, we have something called um, stress awareness, which is a biologic around stress and anxiety. We also have something called mental health awareness, which has to do more with the brain and the science and accepting the beauty and the complexity of our brains. And then finally, we have something called resilience. So the resilience piece is super interesting because we all know that we all are called to it. And it is arguably a skill that can be learned, built and cultivated. So we seek to offer teens hope through these concepts that they have access to. You know, as simple as the breath, you know, the deep breath to get through the technology tantrum we all had a little bit ago, right? Yep. Um, so that that's the foundation, right? It's a foundation and it, of all these practices. So we're able to weave the age old um, practice base of the breath work into these kind of innovation space of, of wellness education. Oh, I, I love this. Yeah, I was going to say, I love it from like a technology as aspect and, and through virtual learning, we have all these discussions. Well, should it be asynchronous? Should it be synchronous? So you providing just, I think it's just the availability of having these resources at hand for teachers, having resources there for these teens. Um, I, I think it is just a huge, huge, um, you know, huge turning point on what I believe, you know, wellness and, and, you know, just helping out our students can, you know, can ultimately be. Yeah, and, and Danny, you're right. The way these are designed, they're meant to be versatile. They can be used as a, a multi-week delivery in the classroom, proctored or facilitated by the educator. It, they also can be an independent engagement experience with self-reflection 
for the student as a, a one on one direct engagement with the actual kit. Now, this is a space we're in a soft launch, so we're learning to be sure that we are meeting our vision, but we're getting super close and it looks it looks as if this style, it's not based in a school service setting, it's based in a mainstream organization that pulls from lots of different places, but the doorway to the kids right now is through school. But it's a live link 24 seven, so if they need a self-reflection, there are journals that are interactive, available, downloadable within the kit. There's Is this free? It is free. All oh. free to kids in schools, always free to um, guidance counselors and people that serve students and teens. That is why we fundraise, is to keep these products free to the end. Okay. Oh, wow. That is awesome. And do you, so is it available now it is available now. We are currently still in the soft launch process. So we're we're not really doing a huge rollout of the four kits, although we do expect to early in next semester after the holidays, which we are, are upon us. So we expect that implementation process to kick in and there to be um, a wide, more widespread availability within the first you know four to six weeks of 2021. Um, but I wanted to make a quick comment about, you know, we are so excited about this in terms of a project, an innovation, a tool, a resource. But, you know, these things mean nothing if we don't have a personal practice or if we don't walk our talk, you know. And when you talked about earlier sort of that anxiety of the technology and us sort of understanding we, that it just comes with, you know, innovation in this territory. But one of the through line concepts of our work is that anxiety is not the enemy. It belongs here with us. These are hard times, you know, so we, we don't stigmatize anxiety. We allow it to be. And in that, we teach navigation skills or as John Kabat-Zinn might say, you know, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. So we'd like to, to maybe think that we offer a surfboard for teens. You know, we offer that, that way to navigate the waves of the world and the, the difficulties that are currently out there. I love that. Navigate uh, the, yeah, navigate the waves, offering that surfboard. And I, and I, that. I, and I love the fact that, like, anxiety is not something you can push off or it, it's, it's, it's invisible to the, to the eye, but I, I mean, you feel it and everyone feels it and giving students and, and those teens strategies, kind of like how you're talking um, really, really kind of speaks to me a little bit because uh, as I mean, growing up, um, I mean, I didn't have, we didn't have wellness classes. We, you know, yoga, um, you know, was just kind of coming in for like students and stuff like that. So um, the impact I think this makes uh, is, is, is cru crucial for, for sure. Um, but want to talk about like, like your, like, you said at um, at the K or sorry CKG Foundation, you guys are regular people. Um, mm -hmm. But obviously, uh, talking with you, you're you're just so passionate about it, and you obviously you live it with doing yoga and, and everything that you're you know certified. And what kind of brings what brought this passion about, or you know what? How did you come across this opportunity to kind of become uh, you know part of this you know CKG Foundation? Oh my gosh, Danny, it is my favorite question when I get asked. <laughs> the Cameron K. Gallagher and I love that it comes a little later in our process because you can you've witnessed my passion and I thank you for taking that in and understanding how authentic it is but um truth be known Cameron Gallagher was my niece 
And um, when she had been suffering greatly with anxiety and depression to the extent that was outside the normal spectrum or range of adolescent development, my sister, who's her mother, asked if I would work with her one-on-one -on -one in um, doing some yoga and some mindfulness sort of coaching or discussions. In the yoga world, we call it Dharma talk or just kind of discussing through um, approaches to mind-body strategies for dealing with anxiety. And, and back then, you know, Cameron's death was sudden and of an undiagnosed heart condition after she crossed the 2014 Shamrock Half Marathon. So in the process of us working together, we had hope and a future for her. This was not based on um, although she had very, very dark days, this was not based on a place of despair. It was a place of let's work through what can help. And this did. And these things did. And when we lost Cameron, tragically, um, I had been in a space in my professional life where I was taking on project work and doing more in that marketing kind of healthcare place. But my sister, having witnessed Cameron's benefit through the work and my sister, who's my hero and one of my best friends um, knows my passion around it. And she invited me in and um, I, I am tragically joyful over this opportunity to be able to speak for Cameron's wishes, which is a world without stigma and people to hold hope because they have abilities and skills to tap into. And also to be able to have experiential knowledge and practice knowledge on these approaches. And Claire, I'm so glad that you, you meant, you know, you talked about that because um, I've just, I follow you on Instagram and I see all the amazing work that you're doing. And one of the things that you guys are constantly doing is bringing in teens, like for, for peer support, peer mentoring. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you are bringing in teens yeah. to help with this cause yeah. and mission? Well, um, you know, right now our social media is an interesting animal for us because oftentimes especially in the nonprofit world, people use it as a marketing tool. And we do unabashedly. It's free, um, except for some of those level ups, you know, that need to do. But, but that's a tool. But it's also the space we can communicate stigma reduction and acceptance and the core values within our mission around surrender and um, the fact that you're perfect just like you are, even when you're suffering. So we use the social media piece as a way to communicate that through line mission as much as we want to engage teens into the space. So it's a little bit of a circular doorway, but in terms of inviting them in, we have something called Speak Up Clubs. Um, some of your listeners may be aware, and if you're not, um, there's a 5K event to celebrate teen mental health that's been going on since 2014 called the Speak Up 5K. And so as an offshoot of that, very organically, teens wanted to join the movement and they, and we came up term speak up club they are teen based teen led teen originated and teen run um, clubs if you will um, that operate either on campus or virtually that are their stewards for kindness support listening and um, prioritizing self-care their own mental health so it's that it's not just a you know an ambassador for a good clean happy it's how you take care of yourself Right now, of course, like many of us, all of those meetings are virtual. Sometimes they are school specific. Sometimes we run them for all teens that are interested in the mission. 
They're always organized and facilitated by one of our team members. And we're looking toward bringing in outside experts to kind of facilitate dialogue with that team kind of community group. So that's the short answer toward, or long answer, I should say, toward teen engagement. But they are our passion and lifeline and our, our purpose. So we need to engage them every way we can. All right. So with, with that, I would like to kind of get into, we kind of like to leave our, our audience with maybe, you know, a, a takeaway. Um, mm -hmm. if, um, so I'm going to give you, so if I'm a, a you know, incoming teacher uh, at a middle school um, or a high school, you know, what are some of the things that I should be aware of or what resources should I be looking at now to make sure that I'm providing the, you know, the best support for my students mental health wise, um, you know, with anxiety, with anything, you know, depression, um, moving forward into like their uh, first few years of, you know, being a teacher and having that role of, of that, you know, of what they'll have. You know, that is a great question and we do get it a fair amount, but I typically answer the question with a question, which is not often fun for but it is, well, what are you doing to take care of your own journey in the mental health spectrum of life? And, you know, the, these practices inform the work. So, yes, there needs to be a certain learning curve. And we have education. We can help with teachers to sort of adopt a personal practice or a personal prioritization schedule around their own mental health and wellness. And then kind of walk toward resources on that bringing it to kids. So we're kind of coming at it from two sides. But a specific takeaway for everyone is that um, your body is brilliant. Your body will inform so much about your own personal journey toward wellness. And our students, our teens are, are just as much humans in that concept as we are. So coaching kids to sit still enough, long enough to allow for unpleasant sensations of anxiety and to then walk them through the breathing techniques or perhaps even there's some body positions and some kind of simple, simple yoga moments that you can infuse into a super anxious moment. So your body is brilliant. What are you doing perhaps on your mental wellness journey? Um, you have everything you need to deal with the stress of your life. You might need support and resources, but it is there even when you can't see it. Consistency is key. Um, you know, mindfulness practice and mental wellness, well-being, attention is dose dependent. You know, one time is awesome. It's not going to do you harm, but a consistent practice will improve you much over time. Um, and so it, it would be more of a let's take care of ourselves oxygen mask question and then let's move toward those adolescent specific you know, approaches and tools. And I would say that that stillness, even 45 seconds is enough to calm the central nervous system, take the, the heart rate down a little and just give that one teachable tool. That might be where we start. So that's my answer. <laughs> uh, so I, I love that answer. Um, you know, I, I want to take all those points you put in and put, make it like an infographic out of it. Just so, you know, people can see it visually because I think, um, I think putting this into perspective is is what everyone should be kind of doing in, in their own mental health. You can't take care of someone else if you're not, you know, fully taking care of yourself mentally and physically. And um, that's one thing we haven't um, or we have heard of it. Like the body is brilliant. Uh, I love that perspective because it does affect, you know, the brain and, you know, everything else that goes along with with it. But um, I want to thank you, Holly. You got anything? Well, and I think um, can you guys hear me? OK. 
Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I just, I think is really cool to know is I think the more that we understand what's physiologically happening around stress and anxiety and mental health, it takes, it, it takes away that shame or that, 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 yeah, that shame that we feel that, that we're weak for feeling this way. Um, but when we realize it's a physiological process and it's not a bad one, right? It's just, you know, how do we work with it and how do we um, find strategies to manage and, and provide that self-care? Um, so I, I just love that. I love that, that push or that emphasis on the brain and the physiological process. Exactly. And I know that I love one thing I love about Inspire is that um, it's a time where people can, in a quick way, hear some powerful information. So I, I um, you know, cut me off if you want to, but I wanted to just add one quick thing about um, practical ways. These are concepts that I think we've done a great job, the three of us, making accessible to listeners um, and to maybe provide. My goal is always to inspire. Did you hear that? Um, <laughs> yeah, we got it. I love it. it. Inspired people to maybe learn a little more or take on a short practice and just walk baby steps toward an, a strategy around well-being. But here are some very practical things that people can do that even the most type A of us who, who don't think in abstract ways or, or cognitive, more of a felt experience. And that is do something every day that feels resourceful to you. So for some teens and adults too, getting out of bed is hard. But when you do, if all it is is to go brush your teeth, understand that that is a resourceful action you took. So there is no judgment on how profound that feeling of resourcefulness has to be, but something every day, fresh air, we know this. You know, I'm I'm saying things I'm sure your other guests have said moving your body a little bit to the extent that your circulation and oxygen can get to your brain. O2 to your brain will feed and nourish that great organ up there and help with inflammation, which causes a lot of these anxious feelings. Um, Making your space where you sleep and where you do your work kind of neat, you know, a little neatened up. I have three teenagers, so I get this. But just the small things so you don't have, you know, something hanging around your kind of Zoom window um, is awesome. Um, Claire, my, my mom is praising you right now. Yeah. She's reached. Yeah. Right. I mean, believe me, I, I, um, I my, my oldest recently graduated college. So I, I guess I have one that's not a teenager. And I said I asked him, doesn't think I went to his apartment and cleaned it up like a mother might. And he, I said, doesn't this feel good? He goes, I guess. Well, anyway. It's doing something to a central nervous system, right? When that happens. Um, two other quick things. Um, indoor gardening. No, that sounds silly, but connection with nature. If you, if you like basil, if you're me, like me and like pizza, ask your parent or, your, or go and buy a basil plant from Wegmans or Kroger or wherever you shop and just tend to it. So in the colder weather, getting outside might be tough, but bring that nature inside, something you enjoy, a taste like rosemary, a little tiny herb plant and take care of it. Um, Also, this is gonna sound odd. I know your teenagers and your students have a ton of selfie and group friend um, snaps on their phones. Why not just organize it into some kind of fun story? You know, spending a little time remembering joy and maybe even remembering suffering so that we can know it's not happening now. 
going back through some of these um, these things. And then if you're starting to get triggered a little bit or activated by that, going to the resources, your friends, your journaling, the breath, you know, it's just that kind of organizing your your fo the photos on your phone. And then of course, my personal favorite would be um, to practice a little yoga. Um, and if, if you're like me and you live family of athletes and the term yoga feels a little stigmatized in my house but you know, I'm a yoga teacher let's just call it stretching or relaxing and we'll we'll do um so those are just kind of practical every day and lastly drink a lot of water hydration will feed that brain too it'll get the there better more efficiently all the nutrients kind of the water 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 and um and that is very practical way to call in these concepts on purpose, you're taking care of yourself with intention. Okay, so no, bus. I love that, and I'm like <laughs> writing down must get indoor plants, get. drink more water <laughs> as I drink my coffee right now. Right there, no, this is great. Right. I love that. Yeah, really helpful stuff. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you did. Is there anything we've missed? I can. Um, I'm kind of remembering your your time frame, and I don't want to. I've got. I've always have stuff to say well, around this. Topic. Claire, let me see if it I can is... add one to that list. I I have okay, something that I feel me. works for me. I have a small book of in like inspirational quotes or quotes that maybe aren't inspiring, but they kind of like help level me out at times. Can we add that to the list? It is. We have everything we need already. Correct. And I, I might mention, because I always like to bring Cameron back in the room when I get to talk about this, one of her coping mechanisms be, during those darker days was doodling and those inspiring kind of crazy quotes. And if you ever visit our website or know a little about our social media, well, sometimes we post in her handwriting those doodles and quotes. And Brene Brown was a favorite of hers and some others kind of in that space, self-affirmation and ability and so it, it, she was wise beyond her years. You know, there's a lot of very wise teens out there. Even ones that are suffering are just deeply, deeply wise. And they have a lot to say. And Cameron left us that. Those great mantras and quotes, phrases and things, Danny, you're, you're absolutely right there. And it is there. So I love it. And Claire, and I just, I'm so grateful for this organization because I do know quite a few of those teens who are very wise beyond their years. And, and they are affected by more. They take in more. They they highly intuitive. And, and so you're providing a space for them to, to, to get support and, and, to, and to have a voice and to be able to speak about, you know, the, their feelings. And, um, and because it's usually those kids who are the ones who want to help. They want to make a difference. They think big picture and they think about um, the world versus just you know, themselves. And, and that's, that's a hard yeah. burden sometimes for kids. It, it is. And I know Cameron specifically, you know, she had like a lot of folks who suffer with acute up and down days on her good days. She was invited to all the parties. She was on the group messages and she was just, you know, on her game, but then on her bad days, nobody knew what to do with her. And she innately believed that people are good. They weren't, people aren't trying to be mean to her, but they didn't know what to right. do. So, and that's why she sort of came up with this 5K idea. Like, let's just get everyone out and be real and celebrate the whole person and get to a park and move our bodies for a manageable distance and, you know, wise beyond our years. So that's definitely a flagship um, event of our organization is that Speak Up 5K. 
And um, so we carry that forward in all these ways, you know, this awesome podcast opportunity. We've got these toolkits. We have this flagship event that's, you know, old school running helps a lot of things, you know. Well, we will definitely promote all of that in our show notes so that um, our listeners can be aware and, and get involved and, and help support your mission and Cameron's mission. Thank you, Holly. And thank you, Danny. And it's- no, it's been awesome. Thank, thank you, so you much, much, Claire. Hey, hey, Edspire listeners, make sure that you subscribe to us so that you don't miss a single episode we are throwing your way. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Edspire Podcast.